And I am Cream from the Necessary as Fuck podcast, and we are here with who? We have Nate, our special guest today. You know, sometimes you gotta switch it up a little bit, girl. You know, yeah, we needed some testosterone up there. You know, because I don't want y'all be saying, you know, these mm, always talking, got something to say. They need some men on the episode, child. So we're switching up the. Um, you see, we got a different setup. Uh, we're switching up the trajectory of the podcast and. We really want to empower our people to talk about these necessary as fuck topics yes. with themselves mm-hmm. and each other. Mm-hmm. So today what we will be focusing on is uh, toxic masculinity in the black community, as well as trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. COVID's going on and a lot of people have lost loved ones. And yes. We just wanted to talk about our experiences with um, trauma and losing loved ones. And it can be different. Um, when you're talking about men and women and how we deal with things, yeah. as well as like socio socioeconomic uh, upbringing upbringings and how you know we don't necessarily have the same privileges as our counterparts. We definitely do. Uh, so with that being said, we do want to start like we normally do with our first segment, which is Black as Fuck, and that is where we highlight. Um, Black-owned businesses. So, Krisha, you can go first. So, you know, Chad, I've been doing my black-owned thing lately. <laughs> y'all do not see, y'all see me. Y'all know I'll be... Well, let me see if they can see me, Chad. Because I got to be cute. Okay. 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 Back you know, to I'm extra. Mic. You know, I'm okay. extra. So, you know, I got a little ADHD. Yeah, she did. me. So, this lovely hoodie comes from a guy. He's... His Instagram name is Creative Kid. So it's spelled C R E A T Y V E K Y D. Creative Kid. Kid. And his website is the same way. So it's C R E A T Y K. I mean, I'm sorry. C R E A T Y V E K Y D dot com. You can find this lovely um, hoodie. I love it. I bought one for me, bought one for Lay. Um, I love to support, you know, it also has my colors on there, mm. you know. So, you know, I love to support the black community and he's amazing. Like timing, everything. I text him like, hey, I want this shirt for me and my hoodie for me and my daughter. He got it. He has a lot of different um, designs that, mm. you know, up and coming brother. Real cool. Real cool. Nice. Well, my shirt has Kamala on it. Mm. You know, I always got to represent. Come on, girl. Come on, my soror. <laughs> Our uh, first female black president. And it is Women's Month. Yes. I want to let y'all all know. Yes. It's, it's always. Don't play with us. It's, it's always. But we just going to we... take this month. But um, I got this shirt from um, the Refresh Collection. Their website is www. Uh, refreshcollection.com if you're looking for them on instagram it's um served fresh mm. um that's their ig they got a lot of new stuff out there that i gotta get they got some nipsey stuff they got I'm some one. yeah they got a really nice shirt um it says all folk all folk ain't skin folk Ooh, or something like child. that i like that i need that I'm gonna um get, get that but yeah so um we wanted to start off how's your how's your year going nate this is nate Hey everybody, uh, my year <laughs> is slow, slow, like everybody else's. Mm. Um, work, e-learning mm. is bullying me. Okay. Um, 
So you you said e learning. So you you're helping your kids with e learning. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm helping my kids, and their teachers are helping me. Oh yeah. That that's really the biggest thing because uh, I couldn't do it without them. It's terrible, mm. terrible. Like my kids are missing out on the social aspects mm. of school, yes. and it's crippling their academics. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Got to deal with that part. It's Absolutely. it's hard. That's why a lot of people. I Leonie's in school. Mm-hmm. Um, she was fortunate, thank God, to go in school because I was like, I couldn't do it. I don't know how y'all parents do it. I give it up to everybody who kids, you know, are out and they working with it because I can't do no homework. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do sixth grade homework. Like I tell Leonie, if it ain't about nursing, I can't help you. <laughs> and they got some different type of math now. They doing dots and shit. Yeah. Who know how to do that? Yeah, we just put it at the top, at the bottom, in the you know, multiply, carry yeah. across. They don't do that no Let's more. Let's keep it real. We got calculators. Yeah. And we got yeah, listen, <laughs> smartphones. And we cheat. <laughs> Shit. Hey, I was hey they got what we need. We we got it already. Yeah. They, they trying to get it. So yeah. we don't have yeah. to know how to do it, how they know right. how to do it. We just got to be able to help them through it. Right. I'm happy Josh is in school. He wasn't when we moved, before we moved. Um, He was doing e-learning too. But Josh is the type of kid that has to be in school. He needs that interaction. He needs the teacher to be in front of him. That mm-hmm. e-learning was... Taking a toll on both of our mental mm-hmm. mental health. So I'm glad that he's back on in school. Good. So, Good. Speaking of mental health, um, I know it's in the media. There's been a lot of talk uh, about men and dealing with their mental health health issues. Um, I saw a video Big Sean did about his, his struggle with mental health and suicide, um, as well as there's a new podcast out called I Am Athlete. Okay. Yes. And they yes. were yeah, they were talking about Ocho Cinco was on there talking about um the loss of his parent and how he dealt with that mm. before that came out. Uh the trauma behind losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, typically I'm not gonna speak for everybody, but I know a lot of men don't like to show vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't like to show, you know, crying or anything like that. And they wanna you know, you don't cry. Big men, you right. know, men don't cry. Stuff like that. But when you your best friend dies or, you know, a parent dies, it's very hard. Unexpectedly, too. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's the hardest. Right. And know? I think that's a toxic thing that we put upon. I don't even say if it's we because I really don't. I think it comes from slavery times is what I've mm-hmm. read because I have done some research. That, that that thought comes from the slavery times when you couldn't show vulnerability. Right. You couldn't show weakness. Um, and so I think that's carried along from generation to generation where men feel like they can't cry. Right. And then that's spilled over into the entire community where people think that, um, mental health is a, is not a condition. It's a weakness yes. or something must be wrong with you if you're sad or if you're depressed or you're just being dramatic, you know what I'm saying? Or like yeah. you're sensitive Yeah. or you're I stressed, agree. you're just I stressed. Agree. But it also, it comes from. So we see it a lot in our men, and we'll have Nate touch on that. We see it a lot in our men, but I've been told that as well. Like, I come from a strong mother, extremely strong, battled cancer. I, I don't even know how she did it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't. I Like, she was still working and doing So when I complain, I'm a different type of breed. So I am the strong friend, but I get weak. Mm-hmm. But when I get weak, mom be like, you all right. You're right. And mm. I'm like, sometimes I'm not. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I think what we have to stop telling our children, mm-hmm. what we have to stop telling each other is that you're okay because you don't know what that person is going through. Yeah. Like I could be one step away from ending it all. Yeah. And you telling me you're okay. You're all right. 
but what if I'm reaching out for help and saying like, hey, Key, mm-hmm. like I'm really struggling right now. I'm yeah. really going through it. And you'd be like, no, girl, you all right. And I could be sitting there about to take my life. Right. You know, so we have to, as people, each other have to stop telling people you are right. Because mm-hmm. you don't know. Mm-hmm. Some people can handle it. Some people can't. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I'm happy that we do have Nate on because he can touch from the aspect of a man's yes. perspective. You know, um, so Nate, what are your thoughts about that? I just think you're taught when you're growing up to just produce results. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how what the process is to get those results. Mm-hmm. You're just taught you have to move forward. Okay. So you have to produce, you have to you have to take feeling out of it. Mm-hmm. When that's the whole part of being human. Mm-hmm. Like how you feel, how you touch with your emotions, how you deal with those emotions. So when you take that away, you kind of creating a robot. Mm. Like, and it's just, you can't take that away from a human. You have to allow them the chance to vent, mm-hmm. to cry, to show emotion. But when you're seen and not heard as a child, that's mm-hmm. what you're taught. Mm-hmm. It's, you take all of that away. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of, as an adult, it's like, oh, I got to get this done, even though. Mm-hmm. And that even though can be deadly. Mm, so it can. It, it's just one of them things like you just, you're not taught that you have time. Mm. And time is not your friend. And time is the thing that heals things, but you have to use it appropriately. Mm-hmm. So tell us about a traumatic time since we're on the topic of losing a loved one. Tell us about that and how you dealt with that. And have you healed? And how? So my friend Brandon, well, all of our friends, mm-hmm. Brandon, that we went to school with, um, he was shot and killed and at the end of 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy because it happened right before New Year's. Yes. And what a lot of people don't know is me and him found out that we were expecting children at the exact same time. So the week before that, we were out partying. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like four days after that, he had got shot mm-hmm. on December 28th. And then he passed on December 31st. Yes, we were there. So um, he never bothered anybody. Mm-hmm. So it was really unexpected. Um it was a mistaken identity from what we know. Mm-hmm. And it just, it shocked me so much that I could not show emotion. Mm. It took me six years to cry. Mm. That's hard. Yeah, it is. So it, I'm just now accepting it, but that doesn't mean I like it. Mm-hmm. Because I have to watch his children grow yeah. without him. Right. We don't get to laugh and talk about his daughter going to prom or we don't get to, you know, go to his son's first basketball game. Well, I do, but we don't as friends. That's right. With him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really tough when it happened to talk about it. But I think things are different now. Okay. So you get to talk to your friends about how you actually feel when it happened, what it made you feel like. As opposed to being what I like to call hyper-masculine all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when you come from the streets, you literally have to be 
100% masculine at all times because, like y'all touched on earlier, it shows weakness. Mm -hmm. And when you show weakness, then anybody is able to attack that. Mm -hmm. Anybody, anything. So you don't want to show weakness. So this is something that I had to deal with within myself. It was an internal struggle. Like, the, opti the optimist in me wanted my friend to come around the corner. It wanted his van to pull up. Mm. But the realist in me had to accept that it would never happen. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I probably just got mm. situated Except. or accepted in my head. Mm -hmm. And it's 2021. And it, mm -hmm. like I said, this happened in 09. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some people don't come back at all. They're not the same person yeah. as when the situation happens. So I'm thankful for introspect and I'm thankful for the type of friends that allow me to share my emotions with them without judging me. Mm -hmm. Because that's a, a another reason why people, especially black men, mm -hmm. um, don't like to share their emotions because they feel judged. Mm -hmm. Or people tend to use those emotions against them. It's mm -hmm. like a weakness. Yeah. Like, oh, so you crying, so now you're, I don't want to use the word, but you yeah. know, like mm -hmm. you're, you're a B, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm happy you touched on that because we were there at the hospital when he passed. And I got memories of Brandon. We was in high school. He was like crazy about me, but we was fake related. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it was weird, you know, but he was such a sweet person. You know, like you said, never bothered nobody. You know, he always see us walking down the hall. We always had good times. And it sucks because you you see the bad people out there and you like damn why him you know why 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 would it have to be him why i mean you don't wish death on nobody but at the same time this is a good person that never bothered anybody so for it to happen i think it was a huge i know it was a huge shock on the whole entire all of us you know mm -hmm. and unfortunately we were all young because i was about 23 when it happened i was pregnant with Leonie. and we were at the hospital you know when he passed because he was at christ i remember it like it was yesterday and make a long story short, but it's crazy because now we're talking about death and dying. We didn't even have nobody to turn to to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And you know nobody I mean? offered up. We didn't have EAP. Ther we didn't have anything. therapy at the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, they just, okay, he passed away and that's it. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, I'm sure, I don't know if the hospital reached out to his parents or his family, but I'm just saying like, we didn't know. And that comes from community. Like you talked about community wise. Yeah. The black community, majority of them don't know who to turn to. Mm -hmm. So we have these outbreaks and these outlashes and, you know, people holding in until they burst. And then when they burst, everybody like, what the fuck wrong with him? Mm -hmm. We don't have nobody. Who do we have to talk to? Mm -hmm. Where are the resources for us? Where, you know, now I learned about EAP when I became, when I had a professional job. Uh -huh. But what happens when you don't have that? You know, what, who do you turn to? Who do you talk to? Especially as a black man, you you have to be tough. So you have to suck it up. Yeah, and like you said, when you, it took you six years to cry, that's that's wild that's to me. That's deep, yeah. deep as hell. And I know um, I have another friend who was telling me his best friend died, and when he told his guy friends, they were kind of like, you know, damn, that's fucked up, and that was it. Yeah, and it was like a lot of men are like that, um, but I feel like a lot of people are like that. Like mm -hmm. I'm like that because of, I mean, at one point it, we was going to a funeral every year mm -hmm. when I was younger. So I kind of got like numb to it because you don't know what to say. So I feel like a lot of black men, one, they don't want to look weak. Two, they don't know how to comfort you because they wouldn't even know how to comfort themselves. Yes. And three, I just feel like we're desensitized a little bit towards, you know, death 
in general, just because we're seeing it, you know, social media, we're seeing seeing people getting killed just flat out on video, and we just kind of like, oh, okay, and we're moving on. Um, And so no one at that time when Brandon died, no one said, you know, go to therapy or do you need to talk to someone? Nobody said any of that. No, it's you're taught to handle your problems on your own. Mm -hmm. And that's the total opposite of how it's supposed to work. I agree. Um, You literally need somebody who you trust, who you can talk to and not feel judged. Mm -hmm. Because the minute someone judges you, it kind of bars you from opening up to anybody else. Yeah. So you kind of tend to see that with people in their relationships with other people where if one person did something to me here, then the next person has to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, like Krisha said, if you don't have the resources, if you don't have nobody telling you, well, you should go here or you should talk to somebody about this, mm-hmm. then you don't really know what to do. You just yeah. know it's a messed up situation and you don't know how to deal with it. So you deal with it as best you can, which what you find out is nine times out of 10 is a bad way. Mm-hmm. You might start drinking a lot. You might start smoking a lot. You know, whatever the case may be to help you cope mm-hmm. or just get through day by day. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes a habit. Yeah. And then that happens and then you turn around and look up and it's three years later, mm-hmm. five years later, 10 years later, right. 20 years later. So it's, you just you just got to learn now that the information we have now, we have to afford our kids with that luxury. Mm-hmm. We have to let them know they're not in this by themselves. Mm-hmm. That's the first step. Mm-hmm. The second step, I believe, is actually putting in the work to make sure that people are getting that help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you can't you can't just like you said, you can't just be oh you all right. Yeah. Because I'm one step away from taking I'm, my life. I'm off the edge. But everybody keep blowing me off and I'm crying out for help. Yeah. So you gotta let people know that they're not in it by themselves. Yeah. Krisha, have you um have you been to therapy? I have. Um I've been to therapy several occasions. Um because I'm very hmm. I'm a little crazy. I'm a little crazy. I'm, we I'm don't miss the C word. I'm crazy. You know. I own that. And I've I've calmed down a lot, you know, from mm. when in my twenties, because I was I was rough. Like I'm surprised I didn't end up in jail. Because when people would say something to me, mm. I would react. Busting mm. windows, uh. fighting people, I would react. And so when my grandmother passed, and I remember like it was you know, but her, like hers was different than Brandon's, of course, because Brandon passed, you know, it was just unexpectedly. My grandmother had breast, I mean, had cancer and make a long story short. I remember me and her were best friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, best friends. We, me and her took Leonie everywhere. She was raising my daughter while I was in nursing school. Mm-hmm. She was, I needed her, you know, and she what you know, I would take her to her doctor's visits and make a long story short. One day she kept saying she couldn't see. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? I'm like, you healthy. I take you to the doctor. I do, you know, and to come to make a long story short, what happened was she had a kidney transplant because she was on dialysis. She had a kidney transplant and the kidney, the old kidney had a tumor on it and the tumor broke off and it lodged behind her left eye. So imagine all this time she's picking up Leonie from school, 
taking care of her while I'm in nursing school. I don't know, you know, and she couldn't see out this left eye. But yeah, she's driving my baby around, driving herself around, could have killed, you know, hurt herself. And it happened in January 2013 mm. when we realized all this was going on. We rushed to the University of Chicago, me and her in the room together. They're like, oh, she has stage four cancer. I'm like, mm. huh? You know, I'm 24, 25 years old. And I'm like, what? Mm. And they're like, yeah, she has stage four cancer. So they do emergency surgery, you know, and me and her just sitting there. She's like, what? You know? So I get a call. Actually, I didn't get a call. We would talk every day. And this particular day, I didn't hear from her. I was at nursing school. I didn't hear from her. I was at Chicago State. And I, you know, I'm going to her house because that's where Leonie was. And the night before, she's like, Cree, you have to pay all my bills. I'm like, what? I'm like, Grandma, you're sick. You know, you've been doing chemo. Why are you worried about paying your bills? You know, old folks, they, they mm-hmm. believe in keeping their credit good. Yeah. You know, they ain't like us. But, um, <laughs> you know, we crazy. So, um, so I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm writing out her bills, writing her checks out, whatever. So she was like, Cree, I got I to gotta stay alive. Just until this business is taken care of. I'm like, okay, grandma, whatever. My dad comes from the back of the room. He's like, hey, ma, every all your business taken care of. Don't worry about it. We, we good. Everything is, you know, good. I'm like, okay, cool. We, I'm still writing out her bills, whatever. Next day I get there, I pull up his ambulance there. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Nobody mm-hmm. called me. Nobody said nothing. And I'm thinking, the only reason I'm thinking they never told me because they didn't want me to worry because I was in nursing school. So cool. I ain't trip. I get there. The police, like, they wouldn't let me in the back. And I'm pissed because I'm in nursing school, so I know the protocol, what's supposed to be going on, you know, how you supposed to do CPR, X, Y, and Z, and they weren't doing it correctly, and I just snapped. Mm-hmm. I snapped on the police, I snapped on everybody, because if this was your mother, how would you treat them? Mm-hmm. First of all, you don't do fucking CPR on no couch, you know? Mm-hmm. Second of all, you do it on the floor, on a hard surface. So that was my issue with them. But anyway, moving forward, you know, she passed that night. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. My world literally shattered. Ended. This is like my mom. And I'm like trying not to get teary out, but it's like my mom. And we go to the hospital, you know, whatever she did, she's pronounced dead, things like that. So now I'm like, damn, this is my senior year of nursing school. All I wanted her to do is see me graduate from nursing school. I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta go to school tomorrow. I gotta go take this test. Because guess mm-hmm. what? You, reality, we in reality. Mm-hmm. You can't. If, if I don't take this test, this is my senior year. If I don't take this test, I get two chances to take it. So if I don't go tomorrow, I only got one chance to take it. And if I don't pass, that's it. Mm-hmm. I got to start over nursing school. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck. So I'm, I'm crying. I'm calling my teacher. She's like, Cree, I'm sorry, but you know, you can come and try to take it. You know, I feel I'm, I'm sorry that you lost your grandmother and I feel for you, but you know, you know the rules. So now I'm hit with reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she died, and I and, and I'm hurt, and I'm heartbroken. But what do you do? So, make a long story short, I I just went. I'm crying, driving to Chicago State 95th. I'm crying and driving, crying and driving. I I went to take my test. I'm crying the whole time. Y'all want me here? Y'all say I gotta take it. So I, you know, I passed. You know, and and I just held it in. I never got a chance to grieve. Mm-hmm. Because I was in school, so I never had time to say, "Okay, damn, Cree, your grandma just died yesterday. Now you're taking a test." You know what I mean? But I had to do it because I knew that's what she wanted from me. She wanted me to succeed and become a nurse. Mm-hmm. That's all she ever wanted. She would brag to her friends about it. You know, everybody knew who I was because she was so proud of her grandchild. So I couldn't let her down. But I never had the time to grieve. So one day I was like, "Fuck! I'm just, I'm just angry. I'm pissed at the world. You took my best friend." 
what am I supposed to do? So I just went to, I, I, I was working at St. James at the time and they told me about EAP. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you can go to EAP. I'm like, damn, what's that? Now, mind you, my parents didn't tell me about EAP. Now, they grown. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell me. Nobody told me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. And I literally just went to that counselor. I sat on the couch and I cried. Mm-hmm. I just cried for like an hour. And she was like, it's okay. You can get it out. And I felt so much better. And I still have a hard time with her death to this day, but it's not as hard. You know, mm-hmm. I, it, it feels like a dream that she's gone. But the way I keep her alive is just doing me. And being the best that I can. So when I be acting all arrogant and shit and I be talking my shit, yeah, because that's what my grandma wanted me to do. She wanted me to be the best person that I can be and be that bitch. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. death is hard. It, 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 it is. And But I think what we have to learn, like we was talking about, we have to learn how to get it out, cry, talk about it, and move forward. Okay. Kiana, what about you? Oh, girl. She's going to come on over day. here. Um, I mean, I'm in therapy now. I go next Monday, child. Mm-hmm. Uh, but good. it's just because you get, I mean, if, you, if you're if trying to grow, you get tired of being the way you've been. Like, if you really do some self-reflection, you just be like, yo, I don't like I do this, I do that, I do this. And it got to a point where I was in a bad space as far as my relationship at the time. And I was trying to figure out, like, well, okay, why, why am I still here, mm-hmm. like, in the relationship? So, of course, you know, they want to know all your history, you know, your family, your upbringing, everything. So, of course, I had to tell them about my mom. My mom died when I was five of cancer. And um, I didn't really deal with my mom's death until junior high. Mm. And it was weird the way I dealt with it because at the time, what do they call special ed? children in the Mm -hmm. schools Mm -hmm. he said you know we were going back and forth playing with each other and he said your mama retarded Mm -hmm. and something like snapped in me and I literally tried to take him out Mm -hmm. of this world and then it spiraled into I don't want to be here anymore I just want to die I just want to go with my mom blah 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 and that was like my first um my first dealing with the 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 feeling of Mm -hmm. you know not having a mother but then, of course, like, you know, I, I shoved it to the back because when I, we were told that, you know, my mom died, we weren't told in a normal way that I would say, tell my child mm-hmm. today that their parent is gone. Like, we were just told, your mama not coming back. And so to a five-year-old, what what do you mean? Where's what she at? Where's she going? Right. Um, but my brother was nine, so he knew what was going on. So when he started crying, I started crying because he's crying. I'm right. not crying because she died because I don't know what that means. Right. And so I was told, you know, I was playing at the funeral, like in the front, just playing mm-hmm. back and forth. You know, I go up you to my daddy. That. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. it. Like I would go up to my daddy and wipe his eyes. And then we walked up to the casket and had I had to kiss her. But I mean, to me, she looked like she was sleeping. Mm-hmm. So it's like in a five year old mind, OK, she's sleeping. Y'all told me she won't come back, but she right there. Right. So um, I just kind of was like, OK, this is one life. Now we got to go live with granny. This is life too. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just kind of like, okay, this is my normal now. Right. And then I just, I mean, I held it the way the way Cree's talking about. I just kind of held it. And then it would get, like when I got pregnant, all of it started to come back up again. Because like now I don't have no mama to talk to about this stuff. And now I don't have no mama to do this with. Now I don't have no mama to do that with. And then I feel like having kids kind of softened 
mm. me up a bit. So now, like, if I see somebody's mom on TV and they have a good relationship or they have a bad relationship, I start crying. I ain't got nothing. Right. I don't have no type of relationship. Yeah. And it'll come back up every once in a while. That's why I hate when people say, you know, get over. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get over the death? You don't, don't get over it. You really don't get over the death of a parent because yeah. that's like a part of you. Like, you just feel like a part of you is missing. It died. Or like in my instance, I don't know. I feel like I don't know partially who I am because I don't, I never knew her. Right. My brother has more memories than I do. I don't, I don't, unless I look at a picture, I don't know. I don't remember what she looks like, what she sounded like, her voice, anything. I have bits and pieces of memory. So to me, like people would tell me like, oh, you, you look like your mom. Okay. That's nice. Right. I don't remember that. But you don't remember. Or... My grandmother would be like, you don't act nothing like your mama. Your mama was just sweet and nice and da da da. She didn't do all this talking and stuff. But when you talk to my uncles, they'd be like, nah, man, your, sis, your mama would beat up a, a bitch in the street because she looked funny. Like, right. so you know what I'm saying? I'd just be like, oh. But you do have her. Yeah, you yeah. Right. But that. like, you know, you go to granny house, you ain't going to act the same way right. you act, act in the street. So to her, she was super sweet and super nice and super giving, which I feel like to some people I am. And some yeah. people they know I will beat a bitch ass up in right. the street. But um, that's to say, um, now with my son, now he goes to children's therapy mm-hmm. um, just because I know that he has dealt with some things and seen some things that he needs to talk out. And I never want him to get to the place where he feels like he can't talk to me about the way he feels mm-hmm. um, because I don't want him to be one of those men that holds everything and then the littlest, slightest thing will blow him up. Mm-hmm. And I don't want him to be like that when he grows up. So... I think going forward, we just have to make sure that we are giving people knowledge about what they can do, like EAP. Um, We will be posting some links in the description box on all of our platforms just to let you guys know where you guys can go to get help. Yes. And, um, yeah. We want to thank Nate for coming on our show. Yeah. I appreciate you. You have anything else you want to say to the people? He good. Everybody good. good. Be good. Everybody good. So we hope you guys enjoyed episode four. We will be taping our next episode five. And that is part two of the trauma series where we'll be focusing on narcissistic behavior in toxic relationships, yeah. how to heal Ooh. and how to deal. Because it may not just be your man. It might be your mama. Or it your might sister. be his mama. Shit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got some shit to say about that. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Do we heal? Do we bleed? I'm gonna follow your lead, but we could go on. Now all of my calls go to voicemail. I block you so I don't raise hell.